Kale di merisa bana besu kalibiso la morana rona Jesu. I want to extend a warm greeting this morning as well to Bazalani wherever they are on on radio and on YouTube and on Facebook. May you be blessed. God is good and he's going to bless us this morning. I want to read Lilo Nabanabetsu in a few minutes that we have from the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Chapter 1 verse 8. Chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now, let me read it again with a, what I consider a, a proper version. King James, King James says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uppermost of the earth. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uppermost of the earth. Our Father in heaven, this is the word of the Lord. We declare and decree, Heavenly Father, that this comes from the very mouth of God. We declare and decree, Heavenly Father, this morning that this was penned by the Holy Spirit himself. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of being called to sit at your feet, to hear the wisdom from the very throne of God. We thank you in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father. We pray that you bless your word, and we pray, Heavenly Father, that you prepare our hearts in a way that you have never done before. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your word seizes us at this time. We yield, Heavenly Father, to the authority of your word. We thank you for your word. Bless your word, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome, Banabitsu. Thank you very much uh, for those of you who came uh, to church, and thank you to those of you who are joined. This is a very familiar passage uh, in the book of Acts. This is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and um, he promises that they will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just quickly tell you where we are. I introduced... Uh, two weeks ago, what I called the wisdom books. For in scripture, there is what we call wisdom books. There's five of them, but I only went through three. I went through Proverbs, I went through um, Job, and I went through Ecclesiastes. And I said, Barnabas, the book of Proverbs was written to explain the dynamics of the universe. To tell Urumuran, Mudimu created the universe and created it to be orderly. He created the universe to be predictable. 
He created the universe to have a certain pattern. This is what you will find in Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says, you seek wisdom because then you'll understand this balance. And then we went to the book of Ecclesiastes and we picked up a theme that says, well, maybe the whole universe has been created to, to follow a particular pattern. Maybe the whole universe has been created to follow a particular order. But life under the sun, in other words, in the earth here, life tends to be so unpredictable. We see good people struggling and we see not so good people having a good time. And the writer of, of Ecclesiastes, and he says, I see life and it's almost like vanity. And we went to say, but Proverbs says, there's a very clear line between good and bad. If you do good, you'll be rewarded with good. If you do bad, you'll be rewarded with bad. And the book of Ecclesiastes says, yes, that's true, but under the sun, sometimes life follows a particular order which we cannot understand and we don't understand. And then we looked at the life of Job, who becomes the embodiment of both these two wisdom scriptures. Job starts off as a rich man who was righteous, which gives credence to what Proverbs says to say, if you walk right, God is going to bless you with words. So Job starts off by giving testimony to what Proverbs says. But in the middle of his life, Job begins to give witness to what Ecclesiastes says. To say sometimes it's not because you are good that life will always be good to you. Sometimes God will allow you to walk through very difficulties, uh, very difficult sets of circumstances in order for him to show his hand in your life. And then last week we went and said, here is what Paul says. He's also in the wisdom tradition. He's contrasting two things. And he says, in life you're going to have a choice between wine and the Holy Spirit. And he says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit and wine has almost the same effect you. And he says, but the one that will give you a much positive and a much better effect is the Holy Spirit, and it encourages us to be of the Holy Spirit. And I went on to tell you five benefits of what happens when you are full of the Holy Spirit. I said your worship life will be good, your wedded life will be good, your walking life will be good. I said your worrying life will be good. And I also said your working life will be good because God will bless you with the blessing of the works of your hands. Now, today we read here in the book of Acts where the Bible says, for we shall receive power when it comes upon us. We shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. The Bible says, and we shall be witnesses unto him, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Let me start off, Banabetsu, by sharing a, a poem which I recall I shared it with you before about the, the, the value of, of, of struggle where a man observed a cocoon and 
And as he looked at this cocoon, he observes that this butterfly is trying to get out of a cocoon. So a little hole in that cocoon is opening up and a butterfly is emerging. So as this butterfly is emerging, this man is observing this thing. And he realizes, or at some point, the butterfly stops to push. The butterfly stops to push, and from the goodness of his heart, he goes to this cocoon and tries to help by opening the cocoon so that the butterfly can leave the cocoon. So he opens up the cocoon to help butterfly to come out of the cocoon and to emerge. So as he helps the butterfly by opening the cocoon, he realizes that the cocoon comes, the butterfly comes out of the cocoon easily, and then he waits to see when the butterfly starts to fly. And he realizes nothing happens. The butterfly is not flying as it should. But he also realizes that this particular butterfly that he helped out of the cocoon had a bigger body and very, very small wings. That is why it cannot fly as and when it should. It had a bigger body and small underdeveloped wings. Cannot fly. It did not fly when it should have flown. It cannot fly. It did not fly. It was designed to fly. Realize that actually the butterfly needed to struggle a little bit more in the cocoon. Because as it struggles a little bit more in the cocoon, the fluids in the body and go into the wings to strengthen the wings. He realizes that actually the butterfly needed strength in the wings whilst it was still in the cocoon for it to push out of the cocoon. Because that was God's idea to keep the fluids in the body and use the butterfly's own struggle for the fluids to leave the body into the wings so that the butterfly is strong enough to push out and also to fly. Without the struggle, without pushing out of the cocoon, the butterfly comes out underdeveloped. It comes out with a big body, full of fluids, small wings. And it's just this thing in my heart which I want to start off by encouraging someone, somewhere, who is going through some kind of a struggle. And you are praying to God and it seems as if God is not moving. God still, God still cares about you. But he has designed some of your struggles to strengthen your faith. He's designed some of your hardship so that the fluids move out where they're supposed to be, 
so that your arms and your strength are stronger. This is what Jesus is saying here. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem, for you are going to receive power. And this power is going to enable you and empower you to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Barnabas, I want to tell you today, as I spoke to you last week about Paul saying we must be full of the Holy Spirit, that Morana Jesu was himself full of the Holy Spirit. Morana Jesu, who was there in the council of God when the universe was being created, <clears throat> also needed to be full of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, during the baptism of Jesus Christ, when he stepped out of the water, the heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came upon him in form of a dove. When Jesus Christ was baptized, heaven opened. And the Bible says, in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit came and landed upon him. Matthew 3, 6. The Bible tells us, Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Mark 1, verse 12 says, And at once the Holy Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted. Luke 4, verse 1, the Bible tells us, Morana Jesu was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Holy Spirit. Now, Matthew says Morana Jesu was led by the Spirit. Mark says Morana Jesu was driven by the Spirit. Luke says Morana Jesu was full of the Holy Spirit. Matthew says he was led. Luke says, Mark says he was driven. Luke says he was full of the Holy Spirit. We all see Romana Jesu while he was God himself, with all godly power, with all the power you can think of, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul reminded us last week to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Morana Jesu says, go and wait there and you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I read it in two versions uh, deliberately, the second version, twice, to emphasize to you the language that is being used in the King James Version, because that's the language that I like. Because, Manabes, you must understand that Mudimu has created the universe and has created everything else in it. But Mudimu gave us, as human beings, authority over the earth, but one thing that God has also given us above and beyond all other creatures, God has given us language. We are the creatures of God that communicates with language. And so language is important and God communicates with us, as I said last week, through his word because language is important to us as beings. So, so sometimes I spend maybe time three, four minutes explaining words 
but drawing from language because language is important. That's how we communicate one to the other, and that's how God communicates with us, and that's how we also communicate with him. Language is important. The Bible says here, we shall receive the Holy Spirit. We shall receive the Holy Spirit. It's very different. The NIV says you will. But I want you to follow the King James, which says you shall, because the word shall is much more powerful than the word will. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. The word shall, I call it a loaded gun. The word will is also a gun, but not fully loaded. I mean, I don't know much about guns, but at least I know two things about guns. I know that guns, you have a gun, it's a revolver. Now, a revolver has, has, has three holes which you put bullets inside, and then you turn it around. Now, if you had fired five bullets and you are left with one bullet, and you turn this revolving thing, you have no idea where the bullet is. Now, the bullet may not be straight with the chamber. So when you fire the gun, the bullet may not come out. That's a revolver. It's a gun, but there, there were times when the bullet may not be aligned with the chamber. I mean, you've seen this thing in movies uh, where maybe a hero and a villain are, 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 are going through a brickmanship and they give each other a gun and then they turn this revolver around. You shoot, but if the bullet is not aligned in the hole, nothing comes out. But a pistol has a chamber with a bullet always. As long as the magazine is loaded and you fire that gun, the bullet comes out. So you don't play with a pistol. You can play with a revolver. You just don't play with a pistol. Now, I like to tell you, when the Bible says you shall receive the Holy Spirit, it's a fully loaded gun. It's either a fully loaded revolver. When you pull the trigger, a bullet will come out. Or... It is a pistol. Whenever you pull a trigger, a bullet will come out. So when the Bible says you shall receive, it means that gun is fully loaded. When the Bible says you will, it means it may happen. It depends on the will of God. It depends on God's grace. It depends on where God is. But when it says you shall, it means God has fully loaded the gun. When you pull the trigger, that will happen. Let me give you another example for you to follow very quickly. Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. It is gun. How so, pastor? The Bible says, Daniel says, uh, 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 about Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego. He says, well, we are not going to bow to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, and your God. Verse 17, he says, because we know our God is going to deliver us. And he says, but if he does not deliver us, 
Now the Bible says, we know our God shall deliver us. It says, we know our God will deliver us. But if he does not, let it be known that we did not bow here. Is the word will. It's not the word shall. The gun is loaded, but the bullet may be in a different chamber. They say God will deliver us, but he may not. So here's a gun with a, 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 a six holes. We've turned it around. When you pull the trigger, it may or may not happen. They say God will deliver us. But if he doesn't, because he may not, let it be known that we did not bow. But we know the story. God did deliver them. Okay? But here, the Bible says, you shall. In other words, God has predetermined it and he says it's going to happen. Even if this word was written in the, in the, in the, in the future tense at the time, he says, go away there. When you at that point, you shall receive the Holy Spirit. When you wait, as I've asked you, the Holy Spirit is going to come and find you there, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 40, verse 31, we know the scripture, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you wait upon the Lord, it's a loaded gun, your strength is going to be renewed. And when your strength is renewed, the Bible says you shall mount like eagles. You shall walk and not be weary. You shall run. So you shall run, not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. You shall. When you wait, it shall happen. It's not it will happen. When you wait, it shall happen. Matthew 5, we all know the beautitudes. Verse 4 says, They that mourn shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, because they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. They shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. They shall. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a strong, fully loaded gun. We shall. Romans 10 verse 13. For whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So it's been written in a, in a, in a language that says it's a definite thing is going to happen. Wait in Jerusalem. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit, he's writing on the promises that when you wait, you shall receive the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a, it's a definite promise. It's, it's going to happen. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. Why do you need to receive the Holy Spirit? Why do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, in this context here, I'm going to share a couple of things. The Bible says you, you shall receive the Holy Spirit so that you are witnesses of me. You need the Holy Spirit 
to be a witness. A witness is somebody who gives testimony about what they have seen, about what they have heard, and about what they have experienced. Now, they want people who have seen something. They want people who have heard something. They want people who have experienced something. And they put them in the witness box to testify or to be a witness to what they have seen, what they have heard, and what they have experienced. Now, the Bible says, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will enable you to see things so that you can be a witness. To hear things so that you can be a witness. To experience things so that you can be a witness. So you will see God, you will hear God, you will experience God so that you can witness of his power, of his grace, of his beauty, of his righteousness, of his justice, of his wisdom. You have to see it, hear it, and you have to experience it. So you will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be witnesses. Where? The Bible says you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, you will be witnesses in Judea. Well, Jerusalem is in Judea. You will be witnesses in Samaria, a little bit outside of but it says you will also be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. You will be witnesses around the world. In other words, you will be witnesses everywhere else. But you must realize, and I'm sure you know, that the mayor of Tuan, the mayor of Johannesburg, only has power in Twane and in Johannesburg. I remember what their names are. Let me say Mzwandile Masine. He's a mayor of Egurilene. His power is only in Egurilene. If Mzwandile Masina goes to Cape Town, he's a visitor there. It's not a mayor. His power, his authority, his mayorship is only in Egurulene because he's a mayor there. The president of this country, he has power and authority in South Africa. If he goes to England, to the UK, he is a visitor there, not a president. He is a visitor there. If he goes to Disneyland, he is a tourist, regardless of because his power ends here. Now, the Holy Spirit, when it comes, the Bible says we are going to be clothed with its power, but its power is not going to end in Mamelodi. We are not going to be witnesses who have authority only in Pretoria. We are not going to be witnesses for the South African area. The Bible says we are going to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the world. Our life, our testimony, our witness 
our story transcends the geography of where we are. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem because that's where you were born, that's where your kith and kin are. But you will also be witnesses in Samaria. You will also be witnesses to the ends of the earth. But Barnabas, not only are we witnesses, because I'm not just keen to be just a witness. And I want to encourage you to also go beyond thinking of yourself as a witness. In court, not only do they want witness, they also want evidence. Evidence is something else. Evidence is something that says what the witness is saying is irrefutably true. It's true. It can be tested on all measures. What that witness is saying is true. That's evidence. So we will be witnesses, but God has worked it in such a way that we are not just witnesses, but we are the evidence of his work. We are the evidence itself. We don't, we don't need anything else. When people look at us, they don't have to hear what we have to say. By just looking at us, they can tell the power of God. They can tell the grace of God. They can tell the works of God. They can tell the hand of God in our lives. We are not just witnesses. We are also the evidence of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, it will give you two things. One, I've just mentioned it. One particular thing that the Holy Spirit gives you, it will give you the authority. In other words, you will be authorized to speak on behalf of God. You will be authorized to present the evidence on behalf of God. You are authorized to say, saith the Lord. You are authorized to say, I once was lost, now I am found. That which Christ did on the cross is true. Authority. And this authority is not bound to where you are. This authority transcends. It stretches geography. It stretches the Bible says to the uppermost, uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, your story and what God has done in your life is relevant anywhere else in the world. Not only is it relevant, you are authorized to tell that story when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The second thing, Barcelona, not only are you authorized, but you are also energized. You are energized. Now, this scripture is being, this verse is being told a people who 
a few days ago were so scared. A few days ago, some of them said, that man hanging on that cross there, we don't have any idea who he is. We don't know him. They said, but were you not part of this? No, 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 we were not. No, no, we don't know this guy. They locked themselves out of fear. They were paralyzed by fear. They were so scared. Life had changed. They were hopeless. They were disappointed because they thought this Jesus is going to save himself. And when he died like a common criminal, they were shocked to the core. They were disappointed. They lost all faith. They lost all hope. They lost all manner of orientation. What they believed was true had changed. The promise comes to say, wait in Jerusalem and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you shall be witnesses. Us. Oh, no, no, no. Some of them, we don't want to be part of this thing again. We've been down that road before. We almost killed ourselves. This thing was a big joke. When the Holy Spirit comes, the story is going to be different. From the state of them being discouraged, from the state of them having lost hope, from the state of them having been scared, the Holy Spirit came to re-energize them. Holy Spirit came to quicken their spirits. The Holy Spirit came to say, what you have heard, not only was, not only did this Jesus Christ has so much power now, now you are going to receive this power yourself and you are going to do more than what he did. And the Holy Spirit is there to energize you. Not just to authorize you. But now to give you the energy. Now to give you the info. Now to nudge you. Now to push you. So that that which you were fearful of, you no longer fear it. Those areas where you were doubtful, you no longer operate in doubt. Those areas where you were confused, you will receive clarity. In those areas where you were discouraged, now you receive courage. In those areas where you have lost hope, now hope has been renewed. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and it shall come upon you. It shall come if you wait. If you shall come if you avail yourself. And when it comes, there will definitely be a difference in your life. And that difference will be the witness. And that difference in your life will be the evidence of what God can do. I want to encourage you, Manavis, not only are we witnesses, but we are the evidence of what God can do, of what does what God does. We are the evidence that we were once lost, but now we are found. We are the evidence that once we were blind, but now we can see. We are the evidence that once we could not hear properly, but now we can hear clearly the word of God. Evidence. Evidence is that artifact in court which proves beyond reasonable doubt. Evidence could be a murder weapon. Evidence could be DNA results. Evidence is 
this thing that says truly this thing is true or this statement is true or this assertion is true or this argument is true. You and I are the evidence that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You and I are the evidence towards or to this name in heaven, on earth, and under the sea, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You and I are the evidence. You and I are the witness. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. When you receive power, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Be encouraged, Barnabas. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Wait upon the Holy Spirit. Avail yourself to be full of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will lead you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will drive you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will fill you up. God bless you, shall we pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are King, you are Lord, you are the creator of the universe, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the first and the last and everything in between. You are all in all. Our healer, our lover, our judger, our giver, our blesser, you are everything. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. With your word, Heavenly Father, we have everything. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word today. Your word helps us to see. Your word, Heavenly Father, helps us to hear. Father God, in the name of thank you, we avail ourselves every day of our lives to the infilling of your Holy Spirit. Let it lead, let it move, let it nudge, let it encourage but above all, Heavenly Father, let the Holy Spirit fill our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.